So the title of this morning's Dharma talk is Ceasing Doesn't Produce. Ceasing Doesn't Produce. So what am I going to say about that? And I had some help from Kozan by way of saying, go ahead and give that talk. I offered to give it another title since we're just going to talk about the same thing over and over and over again. Doesn't this get tiring? Paul was talking about the same thing. Why do you guys keep going here? Expecting something different? Ceasing. So um, everybody else does this. So I'm going to do it. Oh, that's what I was thinking. If there are productions, in other words, if there are things happening, then ceasing has not occurred. And if you think you have ceased, this is a production. So it's very much anytime you are endeavoring to manipulate your activity, your life, whatever you're doing or not doing, um, unless you've transcended the, the personal self, the identity, um, that will always get, that was always come in the back door just as you're leaving with no self and say, wait, wait, I'll go with you on this. Just, I'll just stay in the trunk. I'll be really quiet, but I just want to be there for our reality check. Ego self-centeredness is extremely sneaky, just to use a, a to give it some kind of a personality. It just wants in. Well, it just want, it wants to be part of it. it. It will, you know, make any kind of a deal it can make to be part of uh, uh, the Buddhist path. We see it everywhere. You can see it in highly intelligent, educated, Practitioners with dozens of years, 20, 30 years of practice, who still um, are a little embarrassed because they haven't attained enlightenment. And they're not quite sure what to do with that. So therefore, they're going tranquilitist. Is that a really calm puppet master? Tranquilitist? Don't correct me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a good boy. <laughs> so the idea here is to look at, the, get another way of looking at dependent origination, another way of looking at causes and conditions that come together as a self and presents, is presented as someone who's looking at something, as someone who is doing something, someone who has a hand, someone uh, who is completely slipping by them that they don't look at other hands that also have someone that is having that hand. And they don't realize that those hands are not separate. Those beings are not separate. And when we start to look at separation, to get some kind of an advantage over our life, to be somebody special, to win, to be the, come to a conclusion about how wonderful we are, or how terrible, not, not two. Those are not two different things. I had a big long note here I wanted to read, and that's why I brought it up. And if you have actually ceased, this means stop being somebody who's trying to get something. It's called uh, the third noble truth, cessation. They say it's a cessation of suffering, but that's just to bring you into the tribe. If you think you have ceased, this is production, or this is still activity. And if you act, and if you actually have ceased, you will not know if you have ceased because pratitya samutpada, or the dependent origination. Uh, first, one of the first teachings of the Buddha will completely submerge, blur, and otherwise confuse the center of everything with the fringe and everything in your identifier. So you can see why I had to read that. So I'm sure you won't remember it <laughs> any more than I did.
So the idea there, though, is to see that the actual identification part, it, that's the part that we're endeavoring to, to see, understand, and see that it is impermanent, it's unreal, and it is uh, make-believe. And, but we're completely hoodwinked by it, right and left. This is what it means to actually see dependent origination. You actually, when I say see, it could be any one of the senses. It could be a combination. It could be something that uh, we don't even know about as a phenomenon. So where's your questions? Goes on. Oh, go ahead. What did you mean when you said the center and the fringe blur? The center is the center of something, and then if we know what the center is, then we know what the fringe is. This is the center, here's the fringe, or here's the center, and there's the fringe. There's some kind of imputation about positionality, structure, and an imputed hierarchy. Hierarchy, as a, as a Trungpa Rinpoche uh, used as a metaphor, is natural. Na- hierarchy is natural in any organization, whether it be plants, animals, Ducks, those are animals, uh, rocks, mountains, rivers, human beings, uh, Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha. It's natural. It may be set up as, a, as an art, art, some kind of artifice that is trying to control, but if it really functions as a natural hierarchy, then it, everything will fall into place where it, where it fun- functionally needs to, believe, needs to be. Your stomach does not think. Your brain does not digest food. Isn't that prejudice? Why doesn't the stomach get upset? Well, stomachs do get upset. Don't they? <laughs> but we don't flip it around and the brain says, I want to get upset too. Then the stomach says, you are upset. You're the one, you're the main problem. Not the stomach. I'm just the recipient of your dumb ideas. So dependent origination is a very important thing. Please don't conclude. Spend the rest of your life not coming to any conclusion if you can if you can manage that, or at least if you do come to conclusions, uh, make them sit on the sidelines to use this. What is that? A sporting image? Keep it on the bench, and then, and then if the causes and conditions, because you're operating out of your awareness, out of your understanding, out of your out of your uh, um, generosity of giving everything your attention, then. But without even doing any kind of balancing act, the equanimity that is already the fundamental nature of reality, dharmata, will just function in this relative space we call uh, life, living beings. All, all you have to do is get out of the way. It's that simple and that difficult because what is there as a human being, as a gorilla, does not want to get out of the way. Shut up. You talk about natural hierarchy. On the path, is there some quality of us needing to learn our place? No, that's a misunderstanding. Now, if you're in the Marine Corps, you better learn your place. So those are artificial structures that are about getting an artificial structure under your control so you can get something else, so you can control people, so you can control a country. Didn't you? What is our position in the natural hierarchy? It's... Uh, uh, because of being human beings, uh, then uh, it's to be aware. You're the leading. You're the as a human being, as the awareness uh, in the awareness. You're the leading edge of everything. You're the leading edge of of everything. Anything else that's going on, but that can be distorted into self-centeredness, into uh, uh, various forms of narcissism and control of everything. We start. You can see it right in a family. Immediately the Parents think that the child is theirs. Very disrespectful to do that. And I'm not here to talk about child care necessarily. 
but it shows up, certainly showed up in my situation. I'm sure it shows shows up in yours also. And not wrong, the, the right and wrong part is the, where the misunderstanding uh, gets difficult because it's only to, to go not right and wrong is like to just, well, it's wrong or, well, it's right. Come to no conclusion. You don't need conclusions. You don't need opinions. You can function just fine not knowing what the hell to do next. I highly recommend it. I, I don't know what I'm going to do next. So I had to bring that phone in here. <laughs> yes. What did you mean by the leading edge? That, that uh, you, to, to use a, a metaphor, uh, the, the first to see something, the first to, to perceive the situation. It's not that the tree isn't receiving things. It's the tree is doing its job. It's receiving sunlight. It's receiving uh, uh, to separate it out into things, nutrients from the soil, from, the, from water. So it's, it's always on receive. And, it, and the produce, production uh, is about, uh, about part of that whole dance. It produces leaves, which look like separate things. But there isn't two leaves that are alike. At least I've been told that by knowers about leaves. Yes. What are we receiving that's different from a tree or something that's not sentient? Probably same thing. Might have a different shape, but it's just it's just about not interfering, being part of this, but not interfering with it based on uh, what comes up and gets in the way of the reception, which are imputation of <coughs> judgments about things. You don't need judgments about it. This doesn't mean stop them. Just be very aware that the causes and conditions that brought you into this uh, a particular realm of desire. Um, you can just look at them, just watch them. Some of them you'll be, you'll be, you could say, compelled to actually do or act out, however you want to characterize that. And others, that, because you'll be clear about them, you won't necessarily uh, go into gear. I mean, the, the, the energy might be there to go in a particular direction, but because of your um, uh, only meant descriptively omnipresence, because you're just unreceived. Not much production is going to happen if you're receiving. And if the production, the production that does happen comes out of that centerless fringe, comes out of that not no reference point because you're not operating out of a reference point to protect this or advance this or subdue this or do anything with it. You're operating in a way that is uh, has uh, that is balanced. This doesn't mean you're stopping things that are negative or fluffing up things that are positive. Go ahead. Is receiving the same as ceasing? Yes. Talk is over. <laughs> Don't frown at me. She was on. How is it that we can hear the same thing day over day, week over week, and still not get it? But, but being aware that you're not getting it is what's important. It's the awareness that's important. You don't have to get anything. You don't have to stay here. I don't want to say that too much because everybody might leave. <laughs> But you you don't have to do. There are no uh, forms are to be observed, not obeyed. It's just it's a misunderstanding that is smeared over not only uh, Buddhism but over everything. But there's a right and wrong, and most human beings on a low level, low meaning descriptive, not not uh, not a judgmental kind of thing, but on a on a lower frequency, don't see what. Metaphor is the big picture. They don't see the entirety because they're they're so much on producing that the that it doesn't see. It's tied into the non-ceasing. It's it's uh, keeps going. It's, it's difficult because we're we're talking about very simple things, and then I'm hindered by my own dyslexia. 
which I'm not sure what's going to happen next. Yes. Earlier, you were um, using some images with. The, you said the word hand a lot, and I completely, I couldn't follow along. I got lost in what you're saying. That's awareness. In that, that, that did you hear what I said? That's awareness. That's awareness. Do you think I was found? You were lost. Does that mean I was found? <laughs> that, that's actually space. That's space. That is not ignorance. That's space. The, the, the mind that arises without a form, find it. And it's not a thing. But I don't know how else to point to it. Go ahead. Is there something lost in the communication in that situation? Not necessarily. Who's lost? You haven't missed anything if that's what you're asking. So what's communication endeavoring to do if it's not necessarily part of the content? Well, it is to start with. We have to say, we have to go through the provisional teachings, the Four Noble Truths, the Eightfold Path, the Twelve Links on the Chain of Existence, and we have to get so we understand that, and get so we understand uh, how one thing leads to another so that we can see that the, that the actual things are suspect. I'm trying to hold it back. <laughs> yes, Earlier you said the identifier uh, it seems like identifier is very central. Is the identifier also fringe? Fringe and center. Identifier is that that dynamic in our in in our mind that cannot resist grasp. It's it's that it's that it's the three poisons. So you don't have to get rid of them. You just have to be, let's say it this way, painfully aware of them. At least initially, it's painful because there's still an imputed self that's trying to get rid of it, but it's heard the teachings, this imputed self, and it's trying to see how, how can I actually transcend, how can I transmute passion uh, into compassion? How can I transmute uh, uh, aggression into mirror-like wisdom? How can I transmute uh, ignorance into fluffy butterflies? How can I do that? How can I, how can, can I, can I do that? Probably not. You don't have to do something, it's already the case. Yes, Michael. What's mere like about aggression? When it stops or ceases production, intense anger. You don't have to do anything with it. You can you can actually do that. You can just feel intense anger. Big deal. You can then feel intense emotions and passions. Do not ascribe that to anything. When I say do not, then do whatever you want to do. Go do something else. Climb trees. Jump off roads. Jump off woofs. Little dogs. Jump off those. More? Less? <laughs> I like that. <laughs> no more, no less. Yeah. Thank you. How do we encourage ourselves to see more clearly? Because it always seems like a controlling has happened. Well, it is controlling. We're not saying don't control. We're saying be aware of the controlling. So this is why we have forms. This is why we have a particular protocol or a set of forms that we follow in the monastery, and why it's really hard to do this in your own, you know, uh, house or meditation room by yourself because of the, the amount of uh, the amount of training or formal activity uh, is uh, need a lot of it. So that might be the only way we can get it. What's helpful about making things formal? Repetition. If you repeat it, I'm sure you've noticed you've been here a few years that every time you come and sit down and face the wall and, and practice the, do the practice we call shikantaza or just precisely this, it's always different. Unless it's the same, then you notice it's the same for a while, and then it goes back to being different and to being different. And this the thinking, evaluating, grasping mind wants something out of that. 
very difficult to come in here and sit down and not want something else. Have you noticed? That's awareness. Don't change that. Don't cover that up. Don't make excuses for it. So don't get rid of it. Aggression. Uh, don't what was the other one? change it. Yeah. Passion. And what was the last one? Yeah. Turn it off. You can't. You could turn it off. You can find artificial. You could say artificial ways to to give you the illusion of control. It's all over the place. 150 different kinds of therapy, and I'm not saying they're not helpful. They could be. Some people can't do this. They're not ready for this. But you're ready for it. You wouldn't be here. And so, then who you you train your mind so that you have some clarity, less grasping, less aggression. Maybe some, but you're you're aware of it. And then when you interact with others, you'll notice how much just natural generosity you, you, you actually uh, um, uh, radiate. You might not think of that, but, but just by seeing how confused people are, because you've been looking at your own confusion, you see that you can't solve this. You see you can't get rid of your anger. You can't get rid of your passion. You can't, you can't even figure out what ignorance is, because every time you look at it, it looks the other way. You know, it's not cooperating. So then, but then when you get up off the cushion, because you've just looked at the big pile of uh, karma that has been piling up as this particular being. It's been going on forever. When I say forever, at least 1,500,000 years, just to round it off. So here we are. We sit down and, and notice what this is. And we get up off the cushion and we go out and we don't spew it all over people. I actually have, a, I don't know if I call it compassion yet. If you think you're being compassionate, you're not. If you think you're a great person, you're not. If you think you're a terrible person, you're not. There's a misunderstanding. It's a cop-out to go any direction with anything and it form any kind of opinion about anything. Even the Buddha didn't do that. Not that I listened to everything he said, but I heard a few things. Yes. What is compassion? Minding your own business to start with. And if you can really do that, then you can see when things happen in such a way where I wouldn't go the other way and say, this is your business. But if you see what this is, everything is your business. If you see that you shouldn't meddle with the artificiality we call separation or me in my space, you in your space, this respecting other people's space is uh, it's like following a bunch of real rules. It would be better to train your mind and be responsible for your own insanity first. Don't try to get rid of it. It's dependently risen. If you're If you really are aware of that, then you can interact with others that could be thought of as compassion because you wouldn't be interfering unless you're invited. And I don't mean just, yeah, come on and help me, but someone actually functioning in such a way that they're ready to receive your help, your help. Yeah. So on. Is, is it possible to have continuous awareness? Nope. Well, I don't know. I mean, what do you think? I don't know. That's why we have to ask. What makes you think I would know? Is awareness continuous? If it doesn't belong to anyone, then it's unborn, unceasing, you could say. But it's it's just the reception part of the situation. It's not the entire situation. The entire situation, there isn't any awareness. There isn't anyone to be aware. There isn't anything happening. It doesn't mean it's stopped. So we, we follow, we go with the situation as long as, uh, as long as we have there's some kind of opening to do that rather than push on anything. And we're just using concepts. The concept of awareness is pointing to some particular function or what appears to be a function of the mind, which seems to be about 
uh, the space in which things occur rather than uh, locked down on the thing itself. Yeah. There is just uh, in another in another time and place the the phrase continuous awareness is continuous awareness of changing or Nietzsche is beneficial and I don't know if that applies here. Continuous awareness of Nietzsche. Well, it's probably going to get stronger because you because you can see that anything you look at is going down. Even if it's a even if it's a rock, can't last. Time, uh, you know, to say something everybody knows, time is relative. But it's it's just the the aspect of awareness that where you could say that too much pushing of that or managing of that, which is what happens in some of the traditions, especially the early schools, trying to get some, trying to be someone who's aware, trying to be the Buddha. The Buddha was the Buddha. You can't be the Buddha. And that's separate from the Buddha. Notice my descending tones. I said that. But you can be just simply aware. And be whatever the awareness comes, just uh, that, that comes and then that goes away. But no maintenance idea happening. This is what's happening with the early uh, uh, Shamatha Vipassana teachings or uh, Shinan Laktong of actually trying to create a meditative state. It's just, it's just it's a very very simple misunderstanding, and I'm not saying that that uh, you know the Dalai Lama is confused. Da Dalai Lama is uh, doing whatever Dalai Lamas do, probably doing it pretty well considering the state of affairs. But maintenance of anything is uh, is uh, is going against impermanence. And yeah, more. That was pretty good. I thought we were on a roll there for a minute. We were going to actually go to the actual thing. <laughs> Michael. What is help um, beyond not meddling? What is help? To just function with the situation, just uh, the kind of good metaphor for it. It's just dancing with things. And since things are moving, then you, you just, your movements are based on what everything else is moving, if you want to call it. But it's not about a thought process around it. And, and that's, that's frightening to ego because ego wants to be in charge of everything. It wants to make sure there's some kind of protection happening where it doesn't get itself into something where it could look bad. Like the other day when I walked in without my Roxu on, how embarrassing was that? Yeah, embarrassing. I think the teacher's nuts. Yes. So when you talk about ceasing, the first thing that comes to mind is cycles. And how you guys know that song, Closing Time, one of my favorite lyrics, every new beginning comes from some other beginnings end. Mm -hmm. And I keep, thinking like nothing does cease it just starts over and the cyclical nature of life i thought if you had any commentary on i don't do commentaries but i'll answer your question okay i really have a question go ahead i guess it, how is ceasing and the cyclical nature of life intertwined oh, i don't know that gives me a headache i know right <laughs> i mean that's what i keep playing in my mind is the cycles and well, I'm all about uh, looking at cycles, but not concluding anything from them. Okay. I mean, what are you going to conclude about a circle? Circular. It's just a square with no corners. Is my way of looking at it. Uh, I would say your uh, your way of asking a question tells me you're probably already doing just 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 use that uh, use your in, your interest and your inquiry and your curiosity about that whole situation 
by uh, uh, bringing a lot of awareness into that. So there's less conclusion and more uh, inclusion. Inclusion is a good one because inclusion doesn't get us anywhere. It's just like more and more and more. I mean, I haven't I, haven't I included enough? It's like got to start writing storage buildings. Yes. A question from Joey in Oklahoma. Is guilt another form of aggression? Yes, you could say it's aggression towards yourself. It's, it's not something to be, to be gotten rid of because the causes and conditions that bring that about, uh, it's there uh, so that you can actually observe uh, that you know, it could be circular. Uh, there, the, we're not trying to get rid of that uh, particular dynamic. We're not even trying to get rid of guilt, but to see uh, see that it has dependently arisen, that there's no self in the skandhas, form, feeling, perception, concept, consciousness. There's no solid being there. And we, we start to see that there's no solidity there where if you see it, you see it all the way down, you're free. I'm not saying you're free to do something else or you're free from something or free. You're not, you're not free in a relative sense. You're fundamentally free. And that means there, uh, you are, to use a relative term, you're fearless. There's nothing, nothing, nothing can interfere with you or stop you. Not that it can't, not that you couldn't have a car wreck in three days. Of course, things can stop you, but that's not who you are. That's just just a physical manifestation of your uh, of the dharmata in a, an individual form that appear, appears to have some kind of cause and effect situation we call karma. Ed, there is no self. Who is free? No one's free. Freedom is free, but we have to. We're we're trapped into using language. So I have to do. That. I'm not trying to be cute or be uh, uh, difficult. If I could tell you in words what this is, that's the closest I can come. And it's not an experience. If an experience, it's going to go away. This is an experience. Where's the bell? I don't need a bell. Here's, here's a altar. That's an experience. It's gone. Freedom doesn't go away. Freedom hasn't appeared. You, not just you, but anybody. We just have covered it up. I covered it up from the moment I was born until I didn't. Go ahead. I keep hearing you, 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 over and over and over. And, I, and I'm saying that there is no self. What is a you? It's just a, a relative way of discussing. Like, I'm over here. This body-mind complex is here. That body-mind complex is there. And everyone else is here. I'm sitting on the ton, so I'm functioning as a teacher. So you, 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 you uh, are giving me, me, me permission to do this. If you get up and walk out, I will not chase you down. I have nothing to sell. I have, I've, there's no promises. I wasn't given any by my teacher. And I'm very happy for that. Could we just use it? It's just a relative device so that we can use. Yeah, that's all it is. But it's fundamentally, it, it misses the ultimate point. It, it, relative truth, the more it solidifies and the more, it, the more uh, kind of granular it gets, the more we think we have, to have a case against the absolute. And we don't. Words can't explain. All right. That'd be a good book title, wouldn't it? And then maybe about 1,600 <laughs> pages. Blank pages yeah. <laughs> no, no, blank books, people just want to write in those. They think those are diaries. Yes. Thank you. Certainly. Uh, Kozan says and asks, one translation of verse 26 of Vasubandhu <laughs> is, as long as consciousness is not situated in perception only, the twofold grasping will not cease to operate. What yes. is the way to situate attention in perception only without trying or controlling? How can we be just simply aware? 
Thank you very much for that question coming out of Vasubandhu's 30 verses, which is the 26th of the 30 verses. You can go and read that. I highly recommend you read it. And you can do like Tozan has done, is memorize it. Or you can do like Bhaskar has done and memorized it in Sanskrit. I mean, you know, he'll be here pretty soon. We can all bombard him with questions. So we'll get some use out of that Sanskrit dictionary in the back. <laughs> He's probably, probably watching. So uh, the way you do that is to watch. Sometimes it's thought of that you need to stay away from the forms, but the way you do it is to watch the way that you grasp. Watch the, the grasping. The way that you uh, uh, the way that you are want to shut things out based on how you feel about them. Uh, you've heard me say before. I mean, this doesn't mean I don't care deeply about how you're feeling and how you're doing, but uh, I really don't give a damn about how you feel. If I do, then you're going to care about it. And you're going to go with feeling as being some kind of a, 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 a proof that what you're doing is true or right or correct or something like that. And it's not. It's dependently arisen, my friends. Even this so-called voice that's happening, it seems to be coming out of a personality. And it is a personality, but it's empty of a self. I make no claims. Nothing has been accomplished. The same person that was that was, uh, that was in this body form uh, that has now uh, gotten old and wrinkled uh, was here when they were 10 years old. Same, same consciousness. Same one. Nothing has improved. Nothing's gotten better. I highly recommend it. Question from Greg in the UK. I think you have said to save sentient beings is to see that there are none. Is that about releasing our identification? It could be. It's to see, it's not to see that there isn't anything. We don't need to push the issue into uh, have to see everything so there's no one there. We're not talking about that particular idea. You can do that with drugs. Uh, what we're doing here is to see that what you see is empty of your imputations, your ideas about it. And whether you're looking this direction or looking in that direction, these two situations are not that, have some, 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 some similarities and some dissimilarities, but conclusions are extra. Conclusions are, um, you know, leave that up to Mother Nature or Dharma Tom. Yes. Certainly. Isn't it that most of the time we don't have identification? Only when we are rubbed the wrong way or are overwhelmed by our drives, our identification shows up and takes a stand. Yes, I agree. Yes, most of the time we can pretend we're happy. We can actually generate those kind of feelings. I think uh, I think Trump, Trump Rinpoche gave a one-word speech. Do you remember what that was? Smile. <laughs> Then the two one was the two two letters two word speech was be genuine like that one too. and he gave the three word a four word a five bottom <laughs> guy if our understanding doesn't change anything relatively then why do you recommend it or why why do it I think the idea is to stop going to war with everything and if, if if we haven't stopped fighting with every, going to war with ourselves and with everything else, then it's going to be, it's probably going to uh, re resonate with other people's war, you know, fighting and pushing and pulling and positionality and everything. So I think, I think we have to uh, see it, uh, see it for ourselves in order for us to have any, uh, any overall, if you're looking at that kind of a, speaking of that kind of a 
you know, like, why do it? Um, and suffering be with all things. You may, you may be fine. You may be content or happy or use some relative term for it, but the rest of the world is, uh, having a lot of difficulty and is suffering. And we're not separate. If you see that you're not separate, then, then you can't get away from all the suffering. If you meet someone who's suffering, you, you may not be reading their mind or having their exact emotions, but you're not, you're not separate from it. So therefore, very difficult to not have um, deep understanding. It can, it has an, an experiential quality to it. It has an emotional quality to it, but it's not just that. Or does our understanding change the relative situation? Well, uh, what's the concern with the relative situation? Is that something, is that something you want to, Fixed. <laughs> you can fix stuff if you want stuff fixed. <clears throat> I'd go to a psychoanalysis, psychoanalyst, and I'll see if I can fix. I'm not mocking you, but look, go for those. Help me. What do you really want to know? <laughs> I like that. You don't know what you really want to know. That's the first step. Excuse <laughs> on. We sometimes use the term aspiring bodhisattva here. I'm wondering what makes someone a bodhisattva. Think just the seeing that we're suffering, seeing that others are suffering and having difficulty, and some of the people we see that have it all covered up and and will come say, "Oh, I'm fine, doing great," and this is working good, and this is you know, but they're totally turning away from their impermanence. They they are not aware of their uh, this body mind is going to go back into the elements. Excuse me. So when we see that about ourselves, and we begin to have an understanding, then we also see that that we. You know, we could yeah. well, we could be with other other people in their confusion and not object to it, and and actually uh, just be with them. So, and at some point, that person might, you know, it's a relative thing. They might ask for your help. They might not. But there's no no wish to have things different than they are. So, to be with everything like it is. It's called patience. Word that doesn't mean waiting for something. Aren't you going to ask me what it does mean? Don't separate yourself from anything. Uh, impatience is expecting something else and getting worn out looking at your watch. Like sitting in a doctor's office. You could, when you go, Next time you go in a doctor's office, pretend you're in a lawyer's office. That will help. <laughs> Nobody wants to talk to a lawyer. <laughs> Robert? Does not going to war with things include not going to war with war? Yes. It feels like war is. Just yeah. is. Okay. Um, it's a statement, not a question. Yeah, a statement. I'm fine with statements. Um, I, I tried to ask a question, but it just, I just stopped. Get stopped. You could ask why you stopped. Why am I? Yeah, what, what, what is that? What stops? I don't know. Thanks a lot. I've got a mudra for that. What? I've had, I have a mudra for I don't know. <laughs> and then the mantra is, hmm. <laughs> she teach that to Ruby. Is that a yummy sound? It was. Further questions? Have, have some time. Say to you. When the teacher uh, offers no promises, what ceases? Maybe, maybe a certain level of grasping, if you still continue with that teacher. Certain, I wouldn't call it exactly call it resignation, but realizing that 
the under underlying the understanding of that is that that's that not we're in merchandising mentality of advertising saying well, do this and you'll feel better or something you know the person's not ready for this teaching if they're looking for promises or it isn't that there isn't something something that could be transformed but look, look at the words transform so you're, you're actually taking this form and and changing it in some way without fundamentally changing it i don't know what the dictionary definition is but use that do we actually control our bodies a little bit that much everything else is <laughs> we do somewhat but we, we don't really the example I always use is your digestive tract because, you know, we might have, we might be able to control it by putting certain things in it like Rolaids, but then that's what you're really doing is supporting a huge corporation that <laughs> makes uh, money covering up symptoms. I'm just using that as a, a metaphor. So a little bit, I think. Do you have a specific area you're going to? I guess I'm particularly looking at meditation and movement with the intention to be still. You know, it's a awareness. So if we, if everyone uh, uh, immediately sat or turned around and faced the wall, I think we're getting up wall, wall space, and everyone would have a different kind of experience of some people just sit and they just hold still. And, you know, and, and they're not even dead. They're just sitting there. And other people are like, <clears throat> you know, I'm more like the second type, stretching out my leg and then, and then commenting on how, how, unmeditative I am because I can't hold still. And then the person who's holding very still, they're commenting on how, well, maybe I can hold my body still if my mind's spinning. It's just a, it's a constant comment on everything. And the meditation practice, you eventually wear that out. It starts to wear down after a while. And you just, uh, when that's, when those frogs jumping into the pond uh, stop, then the pond just starts to clear up and you start to see deeper and deeper. Just a metaphor. You don't, you don't go anywhere. You don't go into some deep space. But we use that so that we can encourage the ego mind, which likes that kind of romantic idea of going into deep consciousness. There isn't anything deep. This is it. You're looking at it. More about that if you have it. Have something else. What is it? If something looks like the thing we're going to do next, like something just keeps yeah. showing up. What is that? It's an idea about something. It's a concept, and it may or may not. You could say conform to what that is. It may. It may be what you actually do is a lot different than what that concept meant to three different people. So it's, that's why it's so complicated. The dependent origination is you can't count them. It's commonly in the ancient times we call the ten thousand things, which is kind of an underestimate. You know, it's a, you can't count. There's two, if you objectify anything, and you objectify everything else, then it's just too many. There's too many things in movement all the time, even in this room. Just uh, showed up, putting his hand up. He, you could say, distracted is a description for just a second uh, that possibly changed what was beginning to arise. Had he not moved, not in charge. You know, the amazing thing is you can fundamentally be aware. Don't miss your life. This could be very exciting. Even your death could be exciting. I mean, it's going to happen. So, come on, you guys. Huh? Well, yeah, well, so was I. But I'm also being serious. Uh, watch what's happening. Watch, please be with what's happening. Just because somebody suddenly gets uh, cancer or some terrible thing doesn't mean that isn't terrible. Yes, we should be with that person and help support them for whatever they're going through. 
but don't go so far that you start to make that wrong. It shouldn't be happening. And what quite often the way that shows up is we try to find out why that happened. The Buddha already did that. This happened. This happens. That happens. <laughs> of course, things are going to. We're, we're here. You can't just suddenly live in a in a in a completely pure realm because uh, this is not a completely pure realm. This is a, a highly uh, confused realm. Yes. Joy from uh, Oklahoma has another question. Yes. Is, is patience passivity? No. Passivity is a is something that the, the self-centeredness does because it has some kind of a little idealism or philosophy about it. Or it's something that somebody else uses as a criticism of somebody that isn't doing what they're doing. They're out marching. Or they're out you know, not marching. They're not. So it's just a being passive. I'm not saying that the word doesn't have its use, but quite often it's used politically. Yes. And his follow-up question is, can patients become passivity? Anything can become anything, except Ruta Vega cannot become a goat. I mean, it could, but it might take countless numbers of lifetimes. <laughs> yes. Question online from Joseph in Kalamazoo. I feel guilty when I make conclusions, but I'm confused if that is a conclusion or awareness. Is there a way to tell the difference? You don't need to know the difference. Don't just just stop doing differences for six months, and that doesn't mean do the same. Just stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Which Joseph was that? Is that the Joseph that's supposed to be here? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Kate. I was wanting to follow up. So I just read Alan Watts that. Um, the Taboo Against Knowing Who You Really Are. Very familiar with that book. Highly recommend this book, guys. Yeah. Highly recommend it for you. I wanted to suggest that because he talks about the double bind of our existence here. And I think the double bind in and of itself feels like a war because you have one arm here, one arm here. He's already read it. Oh, have you read that? And that's how I feel like the <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, I mean... It, you got it. You can't write. The only way that's going to work is you need to be writing on a, on a burrow bareback. Oh. Then if you read it, and then it will work. Then you'll get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that is a, that is a of all of Alan Watts' books, that's one of the and I haven't read them all, but most of them. I've only a, read that. I don't. I haven't even described to the gospel of Alan Watts, but the mm -hmm. the. Concept of the double bind is something I see in toddlerhood at all times. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and well, I, I mean, have two little yeah. ones, and I it's just really interesting the confusion here. Yeah. Studying, you want to talk about observing. Yeah. Well, anytime you, anytime uh, a Capricorn writes a book, you need to read it. Use Capricorn. <laughs> <laughs> What's the book called? The book on the, go ahead. On the taboo against knowing who you are. Yeah. Good book. Have a couple of minutes if there's a further yes. You've talked about freedom a couple of times. I'm wondering, does that freedom contrast anything? I'm not saying it couldn't show up that way, but it's just uh, if if you look at it, you just realize that you're fundamentally not you're not in uh, as a um, um, Nagarjuna said in in, in praise of Dharmadatu uh, when he talked about the 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 cage of your afflictions. You're no longer in it. You're still, afflictions are still there, but you're not. There's no cage. 
So afflictions are just part of dependent origination. You don't have to get rid of anything because phenomena, even though they appear separate, they're not separate. They're not separate. And so to see that is quite magical. It's called ordinary magic, according to Tung Rinpoche. At least this is what I see that I think he was talking about. I don't know. I haven't checked in with him lately. He's checked in with me for several times, though. I'll show you proof of that later. <laughs> next week. No, not next week. Too soon. One more. Yes. What imprisons us? Fear. And it's not about getting away from the fear, but the fear will change its dynamic. A fear may come, but it's just, uh, what is the word, a shimmera? Or it's, a, it's fear, and you feel it, and it's fear, but it's more like the fear that you have when you're watching a movie that is scary, that you know it's not real. But it's so the fear comes up, but it's it's unreal. So you we have kind of a sense of humor about it, and you may run into the kitchen as an excuse to get away from the from the movie screen, and you may not. You may have a lot of courage and just stay there and watch. What was that? There's one really really scary movie. I don't think it was the Sermon on the Mount, but I don't think that. <laughs> Apologies to all of you. It's offended you somehow. Thank you. We'll stand and dedicate the merit in the back of our chant book. I'd like to remind everybody about the donation box that we have in the hallway. We rely on and appreciate your financial support also through PayPal, debit and credit cards, and online. Thank you. May the merit of this penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. The time directions of three worlds, all Buddhas, all venerable ones. Bodhisattvas, Mahasattvas, the great Prajna Paramita. <clears throat> oh, Buddhas and Bodhisattvas, the ten directions and the three times, please hear us. Please come down out of light to protect Sokokoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, our Sangha, families, friends, and visitors. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering until the light. <laughs> 